Amen. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the house of the Lord. Amen. It is good to be here on this beautiful Sunday morning. Amen. I, I don't mind the cold weather. How many, how, how many like the cold weather? Anybody like that? Look at all them hands going up. I, I don't mind the cold weather at all. I actually like it. I like the chill in the air. Amen. I like to, I like to feel that cold. Amen. It's so nice to feel the crispness in the air, amen. I don't mind it at all, but it's good to look around and see the family of faith, the people of God, and getting away from home and stuff and duties and things and just sitting down in the house of the Lord. Do you, do you know how beautiful it is to be in the presence of God? And, and if, you're anybody, if, you, if you're somebody here that says, you know, Pastor, I can't wait to get to heaven. Isn't that what heaven is about? Being in the presence of God, being with the Almighty, amen. And I just, I'm just so encouraged when I get into the house of the Lord to be in the presence of God. Do you know that the presence of the Lord changes you? Did you know that it changes you? It's designed to do that. And I think a lot of times you can be in the presence of a lot of people in your life. And maybe you go to work and you got a really stressful work environment. And maybe you come home and there's some stress at home and things are going on. But isn't it beautiful to walk through the house of the doors of God and come in and feel the peace of the Lord? Feel that, that invigoration that we get of the Spirit of God so that we can go out and tackle the week like we should. Somebody say amen to that. So, you know, we've been in a beautiful series. I'm, I'm, little by little, I'm closing down. I'm thinking this is going to be the second to the last message. Next week, I'll be talking about how many know that we, have, uh, we are connected to the vine? And because we're all on the vine, we have a shepherd, we have a door uh, to the kingdom of heaven. We're going to be talking about that next Sunday. But today, we are getting into a powerful word of the Lord, a name of God. And you've heard this before. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And we're going to talk about that light today. And I pray that after we leave today, you're going to be walking in the beauty of that light and the, and the wonderfulness of God. So let's do this. I want you to stand Let's go to St. John, St. John chapter 8, and I'm going to read uh, St. John chapter 8, I believe all the way down to, I think that's verse 12 or 13, uh, J uh, John 8, beginning here at verse 1. I'm not sure, who, who's running the sound today? Who, who's, who's, uh, who has the sound console? You do, can you bring me down just a little bit, Daniel, just a tad bit? I, 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 I don't want to be too loud, but I don't want to be too soft, because sometimes I got to get in somebody's ear this morning. Somebody say amen to that. So this message, of course, this is in the series, The Names of Jesus. I am uh, preaching a message entitled, The Light of the World. And, and I want to read this to you. So this is St. John chapter 8, uh, beginning here, verse 1. Obviously, see the verse 12. Uh, you'll, you'll see the statement that Jesus gives concerning his identity. And we'll talk about that here in just a moment. But here it is. St. Saint, Saint John chapter 8, beginning verse 1, begins like this. Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives. And early in the morning he came again into the temple and all the people came unto him and he sat down and taught them. Now watch this. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he hurt them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, watch this, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. And when Jesus lifted up himself, saw no one but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? And she said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. 
Go and sin no more. Now watch. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Uh, that awesome. Okay, do me a favor. I want you to go. I'm going to explain what happened here. Uh, I'm going to kind of get into the culture of the day and show you why Jesus wrote on the ground. So what I want you to do is I want you to go uh, to the book Jeremiah, the book Jeremiah. And while you're in the book Jeremiah, I want you to go to the 17th chapter of the book of Jeremiah. Here in a moment, I'm going to have you open it there, and I don't want to take too much time, so I want you to get there right away, to be there, have your Bible already in the place it needs to be. So just right there, if you can find Jeremiah 17, I'm going to read something to you here in just a moment, right? So but just, just be ready, because while I'm preaching, I'll have you jump there at the appropriate time, and I'll direct you to the right verse when we get there. Yeah? Are you ready? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you. For this glorious day, we thank you for this time that we have, that we would glean it, that we would apprehend it, that we would take it in. But what you're about to say to us is the difference in life and death itself. That what we're about to hear is the conditioning of the mind and the heart to hear your voice. So Holy Spirit, have your way today. We, we're here. And we, we've left up the busyness of life, the cares of this world, to sit down in your sanctuary, to, that, that we would come and hear your word, that we would leave out of here uh, changed and radically altered. Uh, God, let your light shine here. Let your, let your light illuminate this place. Uh, let, let, let the heart of every listener, every hearer, uh, let their heart be illuminated by you shine on us shine on us we need your help uh, bless this service bless every hearer I, I pray the kind of anointing that makes preaching easy and listening fruitful uh, we pray help today as only we can pray and we depend on you Holy Spirit without you nothing is accomplished so we pray Holy Spirit that you would move sovereignly perfectly over the family of faith over the people of God right here at Harvest Point Church those that will tune in today by stream and in every other medium through our podcast and on our platforms let, let this word go forward with strength and ability and we pray that in Jesus name and amen and amen will you do me a favor will you, will you go greet each other in the Lord and as you greet each other in the Lord will you tell them that Jesus is the light of the world will you say that Jesus is the light of the world welcome everybody to the house of God amen blessings to everybody blessings to everybody Blessings to everybody. Jesus is the light of the world. 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 I'm so glad he is. I'm so glad he is. My God is awesome. Look at your neighbor and say, Jesus is awesome. <laughs> He's more than that. Come on, somebody. He is awesome. You can bring me down just a little bit more, Daniel. Thank you so much. There we go. It's, sometimes I get a little loud. I don't want to be too loud, but loud enough. Amen. You know, years ago in the church, we used to sing a song. I, I, I'll start today's message by, 
by, by quoting the lyrics to that song because the song is prophetic. Uh, some of y'all remember that in the church, we used to sing uh, Isaiah chapter 60. We used to sing this, Arise, shine, for thy light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon thee. Arise, shine, for the light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen. The glory of the Lord has risen. And I make it personal upon me. Uh, the prophet Isaiah says, For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. He says, But the Lord shall arise upon you, and his glory shall be seen on you. Isn't that amazing to know that this light, the glory of God, the purpose of God, could I contend today, the very heart of God will arise in you? In fact, could I say, will even shine upon you. It's a marvelous notion. Uh, in fact, can I even go a little step further uh, to tell you that Isaiah is giving you some level of depiction of the prophetic word of God as he's spoken in the very beginning. Isn't it amazing that in your Bible you have the beginning? <laughs> How many know that it's incredible that you can open your Bible and go to the beginning? Y'all didn't hear what I just said. I said, isn't it awesome that you can open your Bible and actually go to the beginning of all life? That God has given you the knowledge of life in the beginning. Uh, we call that book Genesis. Do you know Genesis chapter 1 uh, uh, states to us everything, chapter 1 and chapter 2, is the expression of all life. Uh, do, do you know... Uh, that God, in fact, in fact, I'll quote some verses here. Uh, the, the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now, I want you to hear, Moses, is, he's the writer of the Pentateuch. He's giving you this information because God spoke these words to Moses. And he's given to you from the very mouth of God. This is what God said. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form, void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Now, 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 did you hear that? Darkness was upon the face of the deep. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Because we know the Spirit of God is water itself. Catch that. Watch this. Imagine the Spirit of God hovering over the waters, waiting on the command of the Word of God. And the Bible says, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. I want you to understand that God is not creating light the way you think he's creating light. On the fourth day, we get what we think of light, whether it be the sun or, or, or our night light. We call the moon or the galaxies and the stars in the sky. He's not talking about light the way you perceive it. He is talking about eternal life. The first creation of all the world is God produced eternal life. Somebody say amen to that. He says, let there be revelation. Let there be light. Let there be knowledge. Of what? Of him. Uh, Brothers and sisters, let, 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 me, let, me, let, let me extrapolate that. The Bible says, and, 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 and God saw that the light was good, and so he divided it. He said, he called the, the, the light day, and he called the dark night, and this is the morning and the evening of the first day. God wants you to see everything through his eternal nature. He, he wants you to view all of creation through the knowledge of him because he's the one that created it. Let me, let me, <laughs> I could tell maybe you may not be grabbing this. Watch this. Let me, let me tell you the way Paul taught the Christians in Rome. This is what Paul told the Christians at Rome. Listen to this. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteous men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. For that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God had shown it unto them. He said, well, what did he show them? This is what he says. For the invisible things from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. We should see everything through the light of God. 
has life, everything that we see and know should always be comprehended by the light of him who gave it. Could I suggest to you that the world was made for this light? And brothers and sisters, let me tell you why your life can become so drab and you can become so, so encumbered by stuff. When you see life through the light of God, you know you're coming out. You, you, you know God is going to do something magnificent. You, you know the knowledge of God and the purpose of God and the heart of God and the will of God is always moving in your direction, right? Can I get a witness out there for somebody? And we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. I know that God is working on my behalf. Did you hear what I just said? I know he's working on my behalf. I know he's going to make it work out in my favor. Everything going on in my life, I view through the light of God, through the knowledge of Him. Somebody say amen to that. That's amazing that, that today you don't got to be worried about. The first thing God gave you was eternal life. You, you, let, let me digress because sometimes I go too fast. What did Jesus say? This is life eternal. That is to know Him, the one true God, and Jesus Christ whom He sent. Knowing God produces eternal life. It is a kind of life that we don't got to wait to get to heaven to experience. You can have it right now. It's eternal life, the knowledge of God. And everything that you see, everything you perceive should be perceived by that light. Anybody want to go a little deeper? I, I, I love transposing or laying scriptures and, and doing the comparative study because, uh, you know, here's, here's Moses giving to you the in the beginning. I just love that in the beginning. Before God did anything, he said, I'm going to show you myself. Before, before I make anything, I'm going to let you know who I am. Somebody say hallelujah to that, man. I mean, listen, when I look out in the world and I see the power of God, and listen, the, the Bible says the beginning, the beginning of wisdom, right? The beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. And listen, when you look out and see the hand of God and what he done, you ought to fear God. And I say this all the time as a father, you know, I fear you, I tremble in your presence, but, but because I know you, because I know your love for me, I, I can come to the throne of grace, make petition, I can talk with you. If I didn't know you, I'd run from you. <laughs> all the knowledge man has, they can't make a grain of sand. And your God. It's amazing. Let me give you the beloved. You ready for the beloved? The beloved has the in the beginning too. How many know the beloved has the in the beginning? It's interesting that, that the beloved gives you the in the beginning. We, we get Moses in the beginning in Genesis 1. And then, and then in St. John chapter 1, the beloved gives you in the beginning. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was God. And the Word was with God. The same was with God in the beginning. Nothing, all things were created by him, and there was nothing that was made that wasn't made because of him. And what did he say? In him was life. Listen, in him was life. Listen, and the, the life was the light of men. You, listen, you got to lay hold of that, man. Grab that real quick. He says, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. And light shined into darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. I want you to know, I want you to hear it, because John is making it explicitly clear that he's talking about the beginning. In the beginning was the Word. He's, he's letting you know that that life, that revelation, the light that we depend on would be embodied in a person called Jesus. And if you want to know how God feels about something, then just get the life of Jesus. Let me, let me say that again. You missed that. See, see if you want to know how, what God really thinks about a thing or a situation or, or an issue or a problem, you get the life of Jesus. If you get the life of Jesus, you get the answer to what's on the heart of God. I mean, isn't this the work of the believer? Isn't this our life we're trying to gain, we're trying to get access to uh, the heart of God? God, what's your intention here? God, what do you want to do? How do you want to do it? What do you need me to do? How do I facilitate your heart? How do I do what you want me to do? Isn't this what Jesus says? I can do nothing except the Father help me. 
I don't say anything he hasn't said. I'm not doing anything he doesn't do. I'm here strictly to reveal to you what's on God's mind, what's his heart. He's the light. How, how much light you casting recently, brothers and sisters? How much light you, you shining? Je Jesus said, you're the light of the world. You're the one supposed to be showing the light that men might see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Uh, you, you know, we got to go out there and let the light so shine. <laughs> You've you been shining that light? Uh, you, you, know, you, you know, the issue is, do you know what God wants? Do, do you know his intention? I mean, do you read the Bible? And when you read it, are you just reading it? Or are you reading it because you want to know, God, what is your heart? What's your intention? You, you know, I've said this before that some people read the Bible, and the more they read it, the less forgiving they become. The more they read about the Bible, the more religious they become, the more hard they become, the more critical they become. How many know there's critical people? Critical people. They find fault in everything. They, we call them fault finders. They can see fault in everybody but themselves. It's amazing how much fault they see in everything, everywhere they go. With people, relationships, jobs, everything. They're just constantly murmuring and complaining. They never get the heart of God or his intention. You know, you've heard me say this many years that the way that I know you're maturing in the Lord, you know how I know when you're maturing? Is when you start becoming loving and affectionate. All this closed arms in the church and you can't embrace and love on each other. I know that the God that I serve is not living in you. That you have to become uh, uh, zealous for each other and for others. I mean, we don't have no concern when our lives are being lived just amongst ourselves. I know that you don't have God's intention. I like what John says, and this is, this is the message we preach. We've heard of him. God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. You know, to really perceive what God wants. Jesus says, I'm the light that produces the heart of God. I'm going to show you what he wants to do. And all we do is when we read our Bible, we're going through these pages. And I'm saying, oh, that's what Jesus did there. Oh, that's what he said. Oh, that's how he reacted. Oh, that's the mind of God. That's the heart of God. That's the way God looks. That's what God wants to do. And when we read it, we want to go out and be the image of that. You, you know, the Spirit put a face on the water. You, you heard it. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Why? Because the water, the Spirit of God has a face. Well, what face does it have? It has the face of Jesus. Whether you say you have the Holy Ghost, I had to see the image of Christ in you. Because that's the symbolism in the scripture. That you know, the, you know, when the prophet Isaiah said that there's gross darkness on the people, do you know that there's darkness everywhere? Well, what are we dark about? The heart of God. Because, brothers and sisters, once you get the heart of God, you don't want nothing else. Once you eat that food, everything else is nothing. Everything else is fluff, it's cotton candy. Once you start knowing what God wants to do, your life begins to have reason and purpose and intention in the world. And listen, it doesn't take a lot to get it. All we need to do is examine the life of Jesus. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. Simple as that. I don't know. Uh, maybe you don't want nothing to do with God's heart. I do. Uh, maybe you don't want to let your light shine. I do. Because I want Jesus to be seen. Somebody say hallelujah. I believe the light of God is the beauty of God. And your light becomes monumentally more beautiful when the light of God shines in you. Think of the light of God as the knowledge of him. Lord, 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 teach me your ways. As David said, I'll teach them to others. 
You know, I'm just after your heart. Y'all got that? So hold on to that thought. I'm going to slip into St. John 8. St. John 8 is a very peculiar chapter. Uh, They're bringing to Jesus a woman who has been caught in the act of adultery. How they caught her in the very act, I don't know. Uh, Look at your neighbor and say, there are people in Tom in Israel. I don't know how they found her. I don't know how that happened. Somebody was peering in, looking in. I don't know what happened. Somebody opened the door, caught him. Uh, some, some of y'all know some of the prescriptions that God gave uh, to Moses. Uh, God, God told Moses in Leviticus 20, and I believe Deuteronomy 22, that if any person in Israel was caught in the act of adultery or committing adultery, they were to be stoned. Uh, God said, you're going to remove this, Israel, this evil from Israel. Look at your neighbor and say, that's the word of God. Now, I want you to hear that. that that's written. That's God's word. Uh, this is what God revealed to Moses while he was on Mount Sinai. This, this is God speaking to Moses. If you catch anybody committing adultery, this is what I want you to do. I want you to stone them. I want you to take both their lives. Just imagine we had that law running in church in 2023. I doubt we'd have very many members here, right? I I want you to perceive that here is the word of God. I just want you to stop and examine what I'm telling you. This is the word of God. Those Pharisees and those men that brought that woman, they are quoting to Jesus the very words of God. And how many know God takes ownership of his own words? They're the words of God. The word of God. It's God's word. He takes ownership of what he says. And so now they've caught a woman. And they're bringing her to Jesus. And interestingly, they're saying, well, what do you say about it? Now, it's somewhat of a trap if Jesus, if Jesus said, well, well, stoner, then he's not the life giver. He's no longer the resurrection and the life. If he says, let her go, he's a lawbreaker. So Jesus is going to shed some light. We don't get what Jesus is doing because we're not part of the culture. So, so, So let me just digress for a moment into the scriptures. Uh, some of you may not know this, but, but, but God wrote the commandments with his finger. There's only two times that God wrote with his finger. One is in the book of Exodus, and one is right here in St. John 8. Only two times God wrote two times. One was the two times for the commandments and the two times for the woman. Uh, this is not by coincidence, friends. Brothers and sisters, God is teaching you something about his heart. It's going to reveal something to you. Now, now, some of y'all uh, may not know this or may not follow this, but, but the Bible says, this is Exodus 32, and I know these chapters, I can go through them in my mind. I just see them in my spirit that, 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 that you know, I love Exodus 34. That's one of my favorite passages, right? Y'all know that I quote that a lot here in the church, but in Exodus 32, God with his very finger wrote upon the earth, wrote into stone the commandments. God was giving to Moses every prescription. And the Bible says that while he was up there 40 days and 40 nights on top of Mount Sinai where, where, the, where, where the children of Israel said it looked like this, Mount Sinai was, was on fire. It looked like a furnace. It looked, it looked like a volcano erupting. The, the rocks were, were cramp, trembling at, at, at the quaking of the weight of God. And the Bible says that the, the, the children of God went over to Aaron and said, Aaron, surely he's died. We don't know what's happened to Moses. He's been up there 40 days and 40 nights. No man can live that long without food or water. And they said, make us a God. 
Y'all remember this? So, so remember, Moses is up there. God is writing with his very finger while the nation of Israel is apostatizing, is committing adultery. Watch this. The Bible says that. Aaron said, okay, give me all your earrings and gold. And, he, and the Bible says, think about it, the priest. Think about this. The priest. Right? Wasn't just some, some it, this is Aaron, uh, the, 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 the Levite. The, he, he's the headship of, of the spiritual condition of the nation of Israel. And so much that the Bible says that Aaron caused the nation of Israel to become naked before God. The Bible says that, that, that he fashioned, made a golden calf and said, this calf led us out of Israel. And the Bible says the children of Israel began to worship that calf. And they began to, to party and the party turned licentious. In other words, they began to have an orgy. They had sex one with another. And they fornicated and committed adultery. And the Bible says that God told Moses, you need to get down off this mountain. There's something going on down there. You're going to have to go down there and get this thing straight. And the Bible says that when Moses went down there, you remember Joshua met him there, and he says, Lord, it sounds like, it sounds like war. He says, oh, that's not the sound of war. The Bible says that when, there, when Moses saw it, you remember those commandments that he had? With the very finger of God, what did he do? He broke all the commandments. I remember this story. What did he do? The Bible says he, he smashed that calf into a powder. Caused, and, and the Bible says he sprinkled it. He, he merged it with water. Caused them to drink that calf. And he said, if you're on the Lord's side, get on this side. And if you're not for the Lord, get on that side. And, and the people divided themselves. 3,000 people went over uh, on the opposite side of the Lord. And Moses, get your sword and take their lives. Y'all remember the, anybody know that story? Powerful. They're getting the law, but while they're getting the law, they're adulterous too. So the second time, God comes to Moses, Exodus 34. Now some of y'all know that God had told Moses, I'm going to wipe these people out. And Moses inter he interceded for the people, right? You know these stories. He told Moses, Moses, I want you to hew out two more tablets. I'm going to. I'm going to write again. This is the passage, this is Exodus 34, where Moses was telling God, I want to see your glory. Did you catch that? Let me repeat again. Arise, shine, for your light is come. For the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Arise, shine, for thy light is come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. It's going to be seen in you, manifesting you. So, the, so, 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 you know, Moses is saying, Lord, I want to see your glory. Are y'all getting this? I, I want you to see the light. I want to see your glory. He said, look, you can't see my glory, but I'm going to let my goodness pass by you. So get over there next to that cliff. I'm going to show you who I am. And the Bible says, the Bible says that the Lord, the Lord thy God, he passed by and he proclaimed, merciful, gracious, long-suffering, abundant in goodness and truth. Forgiving, right? Forgiving iniquity, transgressions and sins. Then he wrote again the Ten Commandments under the heading of his goodness. You see, Jesus knows the story, he knows the history. They're bringing a woman. To him saying, this is what the law said, but what do you say? And he gets down, and he begins to write their names. See, see the, the Pharisee knew the word. Of all the things that they knew, they knew the prophetic word of the coming of the Messiah that's listed in Jeremiah chapter 17. You got your Bibles there. I want to I read that with you. Go with me to Jeremiah 17. Just want somebody to lay hold of this because you're there in Jeremiah 17. 
Uh, Trust me, the elders that came with stones in their hands. Uh, You can imagine the tension, right? Can you imagine the tension when somebody's going to get stoned? I mean, this this isn't somebody going to be a lethal injection or some some, passive way of taking somebody's life. They're not going to be choked out. They're going to be stoned. And when they brought the woman, you can imagine the fanfare and all the people that came. Jesus is on the Mount of Olives. We know that place right well. That's where the Garden of Gethsemane is. Uh, This is is Jesus' private place. This is where he he prays. This is where he knows God. Uh, This place is peaceful. And all of a sudden, the intrusion, there's, there's people coming with rocks and stones wanting to kill this woman. You can imagine everybody's coming to see a stoning. Well, she was caught in the very act. For sure, Jesus is going to have to consent to this. Jesus ain't even listening to that. Man, when you know the heart of God, you're not swayed with culture and people and things and stuff. When you know the heart of God, you're not concerned about what people say, the public opinion. Isn't it it awesome to know what God wants? Isn't it awesome to know God's intention? Because when you know his intention, you don't need nobody else's approval. I don't need no pat on the back. I don't need nobody pointing me in the direction. I know where I'm going. My my feet have direction. My, My hands have purpose. What am I coming to do? I'm coming to do the heart of God. I don't need to be encouraged. I don't need to be applauded. don't need to be heralded. I know that if I'm coming to do the will of the Lord, he's with me, right? He's going to help me. He's going to produce it. Somebody say hallelujah. Man, listen, if you ever got the heart of God moving in your life, your life would be radically altered. You would have, you, you would have purpose in your life. You would have something to do. You would know what God wants. And everywhere you go, you could declare the light of God. And you know, this world needs to see some light. I know if you're like me, I'm seeing the world get darker. And you know, I've been telling somebody today, hey, it can get as dark as it wants because the darker it gets, the brighter I shine. How many say amen to that? Get as dark as it wants. Jesus starts to ride in the ground. Those elders knew exactly what he was doing. And we're not told exactly what he writes, but we know symbolically what he's doing. They don't need to see, go out and make out the, 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 the letters of what, but they, they know what he's doing. And this is what he's doing. Are you ready? Jeremiah 17, chapter, verse 13. Man, Jesus is the light of the world. Trust me, brothers and sisters. He's the light. That light's going to dawn on you one day. What a marvelous day when the light of God shines on you. Jeremiah 17, 13, O Lord, the hope of Israel, all that forsake thee shall be ashamed, and they that depart from me shall be written in the earth, because they have forsaken the Lord. Watch this. The fountain of living waters. Now. It's only fair to, 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 to draw out of not only chapter 8 of John, but you just quickly go over and see John chapter 7. John, John chapter 7 is unique because uh, 8 has predicate to verse uh, chapter 7. Watch this. Uh, the, the, the Bible says that in the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and said, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Now, uh, some of y'all may not know this, but, but maybe some of you have a little background. In, 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 the, in the Feast of Tabernacles, uh, this, this feast culminated on the eighth day where, where the priest would, would, would take a, a golden pitcher, right? And, and he would go to the east side of the temple and proclaim that they are facing God. And that the Spirit of God is the source of all joy. And they would go down to the pool of Shalom, and they would dip that golden pitcher into the pool of Shalom, which is, which is the, the primary source of water in Jerusalem, but is also a spring. It's the, it's the spring of Gahan, right? It, it, it's living water. 
They would go down there at the end of that Feast of Tabernacles. You know the Feast of Booths, right, where Israel made those thatched, you know, they were tabernacling in the wilderness. How many know that Israel had to be mobile, right? So they would make a a temporary uh, 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 shelter, and then when the Spirit of God would move, they'd have to move. How many know there was a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day? Come on, somebody. How many know that God went with them and he tabernacled with them? Hello, John 1, 14. That God was made flesh and he tabernacled among men. Right? Catch this, right? So they would go down, they fill this pitcher up with, with living water. Everybody would be shouting for joy and celebrating, right? Uh, the Feast of Booths, that God protected them, that God helped them. How many of you know that a thatched roof ain't going to help you in the wilderness when you're out there in the cold and the desert and the animals and predators, that it was God who delivered them. They walked with God, right? And so they'd go and they'd get that living water, which is a sign of the Holy Spirit. And they'd go up to, to, back to the temple. Everybody heralding God, celebrating God, worshiping God, celebrating his goodness, celebrating who he is. And the Bible says they'd go into the temple. And, and another priest would come with wine, right, in a golden pitcher. And they'd walk around the altar of sacrifice seven times. And then they would pour out the water and the wine, which is a symbol of the joy of the Holy Ghost. While they're pouring it, there's silence but for the pouring. This is where theologians say Jesus came and said, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Jesus says, I'm the living water. And he that believeth on me, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. The Bible says, this spake he of the Holy Spirit, but it had not been given yet. For you remember Jesus said, it's expedient that I go, for if I do not go, the Holy Spirit will not come unto you. This is the face of the water manifesting itself. This is the face of the waters manifesting itself, and they rejected him. They rejected the moving of the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, can I contend with you that when you read your Bible, if the Spirit of God don't move in that, you won't know God's intention. There'll be no light in your life. You you understand what's happening here. They're bringing a woman and they're saying, this is what the law says. But what is the heart of God? Do you understand what's happening here? They're bringing a woman. They say, we caught this lady in the very act. What do you say? Begins to write in the ground their very name. Why? Because they've forsaken the Lord in the water that would help them interpret what is the mind of God. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. Brothers and sisters, can I contend with you that without the Holy Spirit, what are we doing here? For as many as be led by the Spirit of God, these are the children of God. Brothers and sisters, hear me. The light only dawns in the Holy Ghost. And Jesus was trying to tell them, I am that living water. What did John say? The, the, the forerunner, the precursor of the Lord. There's one coming mightier than I, who's latching of his shoe. I'm not worthy to untie. But when he comes, he says, I baptize you into repentance. But when he comes, he's going to baptize you in the Holy Ghost and in fire. Somebody say hallelujah. You, 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 you remember in the court of women, they would have these big candelabras. And they would cause the, the, the young men to climb in and light them on fire. That's why Jesus said of himself, I am the light. I am the water. The prophet Jeremiah says, O Lord, the hope of Israel, all that forsake thee shall be ashamed. Who are they speaking about? The Messiah. And those elders knew right well that Jesus was prophesying to them right out of the word of the Lord. You have forsaken me. You've rejected me as the living water. Listen to what it says. It says, O Lord, the hope of Israel, all that forsake thee shall be ashamed, and they, shall, and they that depart from me shall be written in the earth, because they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living waters. 
Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved. For thou art my praise. Behold, they say unto me, where is the word of the Lord? Well, let it come now. Jesus stands and says, he that is without sin, let him be the first to cast a stone at thee. He went right back down the second time to continue writing. Those elders saw that. Notice that it started first with the elders because they knew right well. And as they saw him riding, they knew prophetically what he was doing. They dropped their stones and walked away. Starting from the eldest to the youngest. Then what did Jesus say? He says, woman, where are thine those, thine accusers? Where are those that condemned thee? Think about what he just said. Think about, think about what he told this woman. She was caught. She was as guilty as they come. And yet God is saying, where are your accusers? Where are those that condemn you? Do, 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 brothers and sisters, do you see the symbolism in what Jesus is teaching? Not only to the woman, but what he's teaching to you. Do you know that the enemy, the sons of God, the devil comes and accuses you day and night before the Lord? And here is Jesus showing you the heart of God. Where are your accusers? Where are those that condemn you? They are nowhere. They are gone. Why? Because the light of God and the revelation of God has been shown that he's forgiven you. You have been forgiven of God. All your accusers are gone. They're vanquished. They're vanished. He stood her up and said, where are your accusers? There are none. When's the last time you said that? When's the last time in the light of God you said to the Lord, there are no accusations. There is no condemnation. For the Bible says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Jesus, to those that walk according to the Holy Ghost. And you need the Holy Spirit to see that you're perfect before God. So just think, she went from, from guilty, she went from, she went from stain, she went from the accusation to walking in perfect harmony with God. God said, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Amen. That's when you hear Jesus say, you know, after all the rocks dropped, I'm sure the people were stunned. How could it be that Moses, the word of the Lord, came, but yet this woman went free? How can that be? Here is the fulfillment of all the word, giving to you the word of God, the light of the world. It says, neither do I condemn thee, go and sin no more. And how marvelous it is that the Bible says that Jesus said to all that stood by, I am the light of the world. Hallelujah. And any man that follow after me is going to have that light. Amen. He's going to have the light of my life living in him. Hallelujah. You know, I would still presume to say that some of us may still be in the dark. I, I would presume to say that the idea that you being a new creature <laughs> is still darkened in your mind by your past. I, I, I would presume to say that the heart of God towards you and the great love that God has expressed towards you is lost somewhere in your indifference with God or maybe in your indifference in your relationships. But I've come to tell you that God loves you. And his passion is real for you. 
and he's done everything that he could possibly do in the revelation of himself, in the life of his son, to tell you that he is fully and, and ultimately committed to you in every shape and sense of the word of God. And he's committed today. And he's the light in your life. And I would pray that you would let the light so shine in you that you would never walk in that darkness. She will never let the enemy come and pervade your life with the lies of the enemy and the lies of the world. I don't know where you're coming from. I don't know what's been going on. There's no more accusation. There's no more condemnation. He's the light. He's the light. He's the light of the world. I want you to hear this. Everything that I see, I want to see through his light. I, I, I want every thought to be held in contempt of court that holds itself up against the knowledge of God, eternal life. I told you last week that our God is a forever God. The first thing God is doing is making sure that your relationship can endure forever. There he is. You saw him last week before the tomb of Lazarus. Lazarus, come forth. Come forth, Lazarus. He's the resurrection and the life. The Bible says, in him was life. And that life was the light of men. I want to vanquish the darkness. Not because I can, but because the Holy Spirit can. You remember the statement, the... The earth was without form, and void. Listen, darkness was upon the face of the deep. Brother and sister, that's you. You, you, you were in utter darkness. Uh, the, the, the prophet Isaiah says, gross darkness. You know, gross darkness, listen. Gross darkness is a depiction of the darkness that's in hell. What makes hell, hell is it's absent from the presence of God. Can you imagine fighting the enemy in the dark? Well, friend, you have no chance. How would you know where the blow is coming from? How would you know his trick or his scheme? Listen, if you're trying to fight the devil in the dark, you stand no chance. He'll attack you from every corner. For the enemy cometh forth but to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus, but I have come that you might have life and have life more abundantly. Why? Because what does Jesus do? He can turn on the light. You've seen it before. You turn on the light and all the cockroaches go running. Think about your spiritual life that way. We're just going to turn on the light. And I want you to hear this. In fact, stand up with me. Let, 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 let's get this thing. Let, 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 let's get this. Let's get the real action going. Because you know what? This is the real action right here. This was all just a, a prerequisite to this altar service. Because somebody today is going to embrace that light. And I want you to walk in that light. I'm going to say to you, so let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this well. I want you to listen to what I'm about to tell you. And the earth was without form. It was void. It was empty. And there was a darkness upon, listen, the face of the deep. Well, what's the face of the deep? That's you. It says, but the Spirit of God moved upon, listen, the face of the water. Because it's by the water that we overcome the face of that deep, right? That, that, that ignorance. God said, I want you to see me. I want you to see me. I want you to see how good I am. 
I, I want you to see the beautifulness. I want, you to, I want you to see everything in your life through my eyes, through my heart, through my intention, through my purpose. <laughs> Isn't it any wonder the disciples say, consider it pure joy, my brother, when you face trials of many kinds. But why does he say you can have joy? Why? Because the Spirit of God moves in your trial. It's only but a test. Why did David say, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, <laughs> I shall fear no evil. What does he say? Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You can say that, but the wolf can't say it. You know, because that staff and that rod, he would beat that predator with it. Yeah, come on, somebody. God's not beating you. He's not hitting you. I want you to see that that... The Spirit moved over the face of the waters. You know what God said? Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And He divided the light from the darkness. And the light He called day. And the dark He called the night. This was the morning and evening of the first day. Hello, eternal life. John says it like this, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. The same in the beginning was with God. All things are made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. And that light shone in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. You see, light has a face that only the Spirit of God can produce. I want to walk in that light. I don't want to walk in darkness. I don't want to walk in the lie. I don't want to walk in the innuendos. I don't want to walk in the accusation. I want to walk in the liberty of my Father and His heart and His love for me. I want to walk in that perfectedness. I want, to, I want to walk like I know God and He knows me. Isn't this eternal life? And this is life eternal. That ye may know the only true God and Jesus Christ to whom He sent. You see, eternal life. Anybody want that? Anybody want eternal life? I want eternal life. I want all of it. I, I want every bit of it. I want, if I could say like I want every drop of it. I, I, I want to be saturated in eternal life. You say, what are you saying, Tasha? What is, what is the light of God? It's his heart. It's his mind. It's his, it's his purpose. See, Jesus was that life. Everywhere Jesus went, he went showing the light of God. You know, that woman came. She was guilty. Come on, everybody. I don't doubt for a moment that they caught her. I believe she was caught. I, I believe she was having a relationship with another man. Uh, they, I, I believe she knew right well that she was guilty. I, I believe she was expecting to die. I believe that when she was kneeling before Jesus, I knew there was tears in her eyes. She was weeping because she, all the people knew that she was guilty of that trespass. She knew what the word of the Lord said. She knew that she should surely die. But Jesus, <laughs> he's going to shed that light. He's going to share it the way God shared it, the Father shared it. The Bible says, and the Lord passed by and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, gracious, merciful, gracious, long-suffering, abundant in goodness and truth. See, this is his second writing. This is, this is the second tablet. This is, this, is a, this is the second time God writes upon the ground. Forgiving iniquity, transgression and sins, mercy into the thousands. This is the second time he wrote, oh God, would you, would you come into that into that relationship with God the second time he wrote? Oh, there's the letter, but the letter killeth. But then there's Jesus that brings life and life everlasting. I lift my hands to that light. I walk in that light. I step into that. 
Holy Spirit, have your way. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I want to pledge that light. I, I, I want to walk in that light. I want to walk in his revelation. I, I want to walk in his heart. I want to walk in his mind. Will you come down to the altar real fast? Just come. Don't worry about who's looking. Don't worry. Be like if that Pharisees are dragging you down uh, to the altars and, and, and throwing you there and say, look, you're guilty. And if you have any sense of guilt in your life this morning, we're going to get rid of that guilt. Because I'm going to tell you like Jesus told that woman. Where are thine those thy accusers? Where are those that condemn thee? 